When Peter noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? The year is 2004. It's a Monday evening, and I am sitting in the usual spot in the church, preparing to lead evening prayer at my home parish, Advent of Christ the King, San Francisco. Every weeknight we do this. No one else has arrived yet to pray with me, and this evening, no one will. It's 5.55 p.m., and the service starts in five minutes, initiated by the ringing of the Angelus bells, which always chime promptly at 6 p.m., having been automatically preset to do so. I am in turmoil, struggling with my rector's insistence a few months earlier that I had a calling to the priesthood. I could not yet summon the faith in myself or in God to say yes. So I am sitting there praying hard, almost shaking, looking up at the larger-than-life-sized Jesus on the crucifix behind the altar, muttering warnings and insisting on a sign. You need to tell me whether I'm supposed to do this, Jesus. Come on. I'm not doing it without some clear indications on your part. Then, summoning all my courage, I look up at the face of Jesus squarely and shout in my head, Do you want me to be a priest or not? If you do, I need you to give me a sign. And in the instant I think the word sign, the Angelus bells begin to ring three minutes early. Suddenly my whole body flushes from head to foot and I look around the empty church. Instinctively I jump up and begin to recite the prayers, frightened and careful not to look up at Jesus even once throughout the next 20 minutes just in case he starts talking. Later, I was elated. That was my sign. I'm supposed to be a priest. I walk on air for the next three days until Thursday of that same week. Living across the street from the church, I happen to be at home when the Angelus bells chime that evening. Just for fun, I glance at my watch. 5.57 p.m. It hadn't been a sign at all. The timer was broken. The rector confirms this the next day, saying, it seems to have gone off kilter just this week. I shake my head, disappointed in Jesus and in myself. And yet, I am surprised by how joyful it made me those three days, believing I truly was called to ordained ministry. Maybe this was one of those instances where, as they say, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Because despite the chaos of doubt that still rang in my head, when I heard those bells, my heart chimed its own song to Christ. You of little faith, why do you doubt? 
I picture all your faces sitting at home right now, probably drinking a cup of coffee and eating a donut. And I wonder how many of you struggle with doubt here and there. How strong is your faith in God? Do you need proof? How much do you believe in yourself? Do you think about your faith much at all, or are, are you pretty set? Is it enough for you to attend church and pray? Is it enough to be of service to others, to have compassion for the less fortunate and make that your prayer, your worship? Or do we have to buy the whole Savior package in order to get to heaven? I don't know. Maybe like the disciples who remain in the boat, we are better off not walking out there and testing our faith in Christ. It's safer to stay clustered together and view his miraculous presence from afar, not venturing too close for fear that what we'll find is a ghost or just our imagination. I mean, the world is tempest-tossed enough as it is. Why push it by questioning our faith and risk losing what little calm we do have? A few commentaries that I have read uh, reprimand Peter for having the nerve to question Jesus. If that's really you out there, command me to come to you on the water. They say the boat represents the church after Jesus has gone back to heaven, struggling to survive amid turmoil, and that we should stick together inside it. But I'm going to take a different tact and, uh, tack and suggest this. Be like Peter. Ask the questions that will test your faith. If it is you, then engage your beliefs and risk doubt winning. I'm not sure we can truly know Christ's miraculous presence in our life unless we step out to meet him, we of little faith, and grow the sea legs that will take us to a greater faith. In other words, you can't walk on the water without first stepping out of the boat to risk the drowning. To not remain safely ensconced in a vessel of unquestioning faith, hoping that it'll suffice to get you safely to the other shore. Instead, pray to Jesus and ask him to give you the courage to risk meeting him where he needs you to show up, however scary or doubt-ridden that path and journey may be. Remember also, Jesus caught Peter at the first sign of a strong wind when the doubt and fears rose up. God's got your back and will catch you if you fall. That's where faith comes in. Even in those moments when we're risking our little faith by questioning it. That evening when the Angelus bells rang was not the last time I demanded signs. In fact, I've told you stories about other times. I did keep at it, though, questions and all. This December, I will celebrate 10 years of ordained priesthood. So, so far, so good. And while it has truly been a tempest at times, I marvel 
at the miracle and am so grateful that Jesus was there to catch me all those times I faltered. In today's gospel reading, notice that Jesus isn't just walking on the water. He's walking toward them on the sea. This distinction matters according to biblical scholar Bruce J. Molina. He writes, the sea is essentially a different entity from water. To walk on the sea is to trample on a being that can engulf people with its waves, swallow them in its deep, and support all sorts of living beings. Given the structure of boats in the period, people who traveled over or worked on the sea literally put their lives in the hands of the spirits or deities that revealed its moods and the varying movements of the sea from stormy to rough to calm and the like. The Greco-Romans identified the living sea with the important deity Poseidon, or Neptune, a deity noted for violent power. So Jesus is overcoming the deity. He's overcoming the deity of the sea by walking over it. It's symbolic, and it's a sign to those early hearers of this gospel text that not even chaotic gods can master the Son of God. Likewise, the false gods of your self-doubt or of whatever tosses you about, those false gods will not overwhelm you if you keep your eyes on Christ and reach out when you waver. Jesus walks with you over all your troubles and accompanies you every step of the way. I read a spiritual reflection this week from Stephen Charleston, a Native American elder, author, and retired Episcopal Bishop of Alaska. And I heard in it encouragement to step out and soar, whatever our doubts or fears, even in this time of isolation. I want to read it to you now. We are not constrained by these days, as difficult as they may seem, to spend our hours in grim solitude or to feel ourselves in a perpetual waiting room for the bad news the virus decides to send us. We are as free in our spirits as we ever were, able to claim our freedom through faith any time we want, and by so doing, rise on outspread wings to the distant heights of hope. Even alone in a room with no resources other than prayer, we can silently slip the bonds of worry and be off, as we once were so long ago, on a voyage of discovery, following the Spirit wherever she leads, out to the edge of wonder and back. Accept no substitute for your life, but live as fully as you can. And watch your fears fall before you as you fly the open skies of faith, soaring as far as your heart will take you.
Jesus tells the disciples in the boat, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. That's the threefold promise God makes in these dark times and in all of our struggles. Take heart, take courage, you will get through this too. It is I, and I am with you. Do not be afraid. I will take hold of you when you start to slip under. This is the promise I heard in my heart on that night when the bells rang too early. And Jesus has yet to let me down. May those same chimes fill your soul and carry you through the days ahead. Amen.